Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, now celebrating its 10th anniversary. This show is brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairytale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairytale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature Disney wedding updates, money-saving tips, and interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney couples. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates 10 years of romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Kimberly Lindbergh about her Disneyland Resort wedding at the Rose Court Garden with a reception at the Sleeping Beauty Pavilion. I thought you guys would be interested to hear about how she planned this and how it all turned out. So welcome, Kimberly. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I always like to start at the very beginning and find out how you and your fiance decided that you wanted to have your wedding at Disneyland. Well, that part was easy. So I actually met my fiance through Tinder, but our first date was at the Disneyland park. We had our first kiss on Haunted Mansion. He proposed to me at the smaller gazebo next in the Rose Court Garden area. So it was only fitting that our love story continued with a Disneyland wedding. That's awesome. So how did your friends and family react when they found out where the wedding was going to be? So we actually kept it a secret because it's a very interesting story. So we actually could not afford a Disneyland wedding. So we actually went, we toured the facilities. It was fabulous. And when it came down to it, we just couldn't afford it. And, you know, we walked away and we said, well, at least we checked. Well, no more than like a few hours later, Disney called and they said, hey, we're doing a special. And we're like, Disney never gives specials. They said, well, for the month of March in 2020, that's our slowest season. So if you actually choose, I know, if you actually choose a Sunday, we will remove the room blocks. We will do this. We will do this, making it in our budget, believe it or not. So what did we do? We chose March 29th because at this point it was August of 2019. So we wanted the most amount of time, one, to have the money for it and two, to plan. So our families knew we couldn't afford this. We were paying for our own wedding. So we made sure we did our save the dates. So we actually recorded our save the dates of our parents opening them and seeing there was like a hidden Mickey in it. We actually did uh, took a photo in the Rose Court Garden and we said, where we're taking that photo is where we're getting married. And they could not figure it out. I said, we're getting married at Disneyland. And we recorded it. So I'm not going to cry. Um, it was just a beautiful moment. And they were just shocked. They were floored. My dad, I grew up as you know, that girl that always went to Disney. I grew up with Disney movies. And so my dad, all he wanted to do was to be able to afford to give me a Disney wedding. And he wasn't able to. So it's a really beautiful moment that Disney was able to do for us because we just weren't able to financially do it. And for some reason, Tinkerbell did some pixie dust on us and we were able to do it. 
That's amazing. So now I hate to ask this, but what happened? You know, March 12th was the day oh. that everything shut down and you were due to get married on the 29th. What was your journey to actually finally getting married in 2022? I will never forget that day. I was actually a barista at Starbucks and you're not supposed to have your phones out. And of course, my supervisor, loving Disney, I'm working, uh, making some drinks and he's like, Disney's shutting down. And I'm like, what? He's like, no, yeah, didn't you hear? I, I just looked at my phone. I said, are you trying to tell me my wedding's canceled? <gasps> and I just, I said, I need to take a, a 15 minute break. And I just cried. And I actually finished my shift, believe it or not. And I went home and I cried some more. And my planner called me and she said, Kim, you know, this is what's going on. And I said, thank you so much for letting me know. We will figure it out. And I was super polite. But the minute I got off my phone with my planner, I threw my brand new iPhone at the wall. I didn't care. And I just cried because we were only about two weeks or so before my wedding date with this pandemic and all these unknowns. And I mean, the world turned upside down and I you know, a lot of people forget at the time there was that two week curve. They kept saying just two more weeks, two right. more weeks. So what did I do? I picked a new date. I picked, you know, there, I seven different dates. I picked two dates in May, July, September, December, and I think January of 2021. When they told me January of 2021 was not going to work, I talked to my best friend and she was like, Kim, if you can choose the furthest date you can think of, and I said, I can wait one more year. So I chose January 22nd, 2022. And I didn't tell anyone until January 2022. New wedding invitations went out September of 2021. And that's when people knew the new date. But the roller coaster of six dates of, yes, we're getting married. No, we're not. It, the emotional toll that took is what drove me into a depression and not knowing. And mm -hmm. it wasn't until the day of my wedding, January 22nd, that I actually believed it was happening. Even at my rehearsal, I said, if it happens, you know, if you know, I just, I would not believe that it was happening until the day of. And it was, I say it was practically perfect in every way, as Mary Poppins would say. I wouldn't have changed it. I would have kept waiting. Now knowing how my wedding happened, I wouldn't have changed anything. I would have kept the postponement. I just wish I wouldn't have kept up many dates. Right. Okay. So then how many guests did you invite and how many were able to be there? So this is actually really fun. So pre-COVID, we had invited, I think, around 60. And of course, as March was approaching, it dwindled down to 45. And then it was postponed. Now, due to COVID, I actually had a great excuse for inviting people I really liked so those extended family members that I really didn't know, oh, well, due to COVID, oh, due to COVID guidelines, I, you know, I had every excuse in the book. <laughs> um, we actually only invited 50. And even the day before we started dwindling down, we went to 41 was the final total. But it was very interesting that even some guests did RSVP. We were at 45. And I had about a handful of out-of-state family members that said, you know what, Kimberly, we just don't feel comfortable. And they were nice enough to actually pay their pay their spot because mm -hmm. they knew we were paying for our wedding. And as you know, how expensive it is per person, it was very generous of them. But to answer your question, 41. Okay. So then how did you initially choose your day of the week and time of day? And did those, I mean, obviously the actual date changed, but did you change to a different day of the week or did you change from evening to morning or vice versa? 
No, that's a great question. So after March 29th, because of course we did that due to, to Disney's special quote unquote, I'll tell you who chose the date. It was Disney, Jenna from White Rabbit, Dan from Plugin. Those were the three that I emailed. I said, here you go. What dates do you have? And seven different times I went in and I said, Disney, what do you have available this month? Okay, you know, we're settling on January. Jenna, what do you have this weekend? Dan, what about this weekend? Then I would dwindle down to my DJ and makeup artist. And finally, January 22nd, I literally just took the back seat. It was all up to my vendors. And I'll tell you, I kept the same vendors through all seven date changes. That was truly important to me that I kept all the same vendors. Wow, that's amazing. Now, how did you choose your ceremony and reception venues? Oh, that was easy. If you've ever been to the, the Disneyland Hotel, you'll see the magic with the Rose Court Garden. And I'll actually give you a secret. I wasn't supposed to be in the Sleeping Beauty Pavilion. I was originally contracted in the Mark Twain room. Hmm. I actually got a little bit of pixie dust. And around March 15th, my planner said, Kimberly, I can tell you don't like the Mark Twain room compared to the Sleeping Beauty Pavilion. Let me see what I can do. And a few days before the closure, she was actually able to put me in the Sleeping Beauty Pavilion just as like a gift from Disney. Hmm. And because of all the changes, they actually kept their word and kept me in Sleeping Beauty Pavilion and kept that pixie dust going. They actually told me I was the longest standing bride that they've ever had because I've kept on. So I signed on in August of 2019 and I was their bride up until January 22nd of 2022. How did you choose an officiant? Funny story. It was originally my cousin, my cousin Justin, up until September of 2021, when as the date of January was approaching, he wasn't really asking what I thought an officiant should ask, like, oh, your love story, things like that. It was just very relaxed, not very professional, because of course, he's my cousin. And my best friend, she was like, you know, Kim, I think you need a higher professional. Have you ever heard of the Alexander officiants? They're Disney preferred. Pastor Norman's fabulous. His wife's fabulous. And I said, you know, I don't know if they'll be available, but if it was meant to be, it's meant to be. And they're actually, I believe, fully booked all of 22, except for January 22nd. And I told my husband, I said, I know this wasn't in our budget, but they happen to have sat Saturday, January 22nd, available, and I'm booking them. And I'm so glad I did because Pastor Norman was amazing. That's so great. Did you guys add any entertainment to the ceremony or the reception? Uh, well, to be honest with you, I think I was the entertainment. <laughs> if you were a guest <laughs> at my wedding, you saw I was just living on cloud nine. But as far as entertainment, due to the COVID guidelines, we still had to wear you know, masks inside, things like that. We wanted our goal to kind of forget about COVID for one evening. So if we did incorporate a character, you needed to wear a mask. If you needed to do this, you need to wear a mask. So we did our very best and we actually eliminated that to kind of keep that mindset as you walk into this experience, you know, forget reality and go into this dream as what kind of Walt says as you enter into, you know, the Disney parks. So I kind of took it upon myself to plan, uh, you know, the anniversary dance where you have all the guests come out um, and start dancing. Oh, if you've been married one year, sit down, five years, sit down. And our guests loved that. And I actually chose a song called Like My Father by Jack. So that was really personal to me because I'm such a daddy's girl. Actually, the majority of our guests being 41 guests were actually almost all in couples. I think we only had three or four people that weren't in a couple. 
So instead of a bouquet toss, I kind of invented this thing called a bouquet twirl. So I picked a fun song and I had all the women stand in a circle around me and I started going in a circle. I had my eyes closed, twirling my bouquet. And then when the DJ said, stop, whoever I landed on got my bouquet. And it was one way to get everyone up and have some fun. That's cool. Okay. So do you have any menu items or cake flavors you would recommend? Well, I'll tell you, I am such a foodie. Disneyland has the best food. And one thing I noticed that wasn't an option was these Bengal barbecue skewers. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> been. It's right across from the Indiana Jones attraction. Um, yes. But they have these Banyan beef hot and spicy skewers. And they actually were able to make those for me for my cocktail hour. And my now husband loves pork belly. So they were able to make him a pork belly option. But I would say if there is a food item in the park that you love, it does not hurt to ask because everyone raved about those Bengal barbecue skewers. And it was actually an, kind of an upgraded item because they said it's the same thing in, a, in the park, but they just used a better cut of meat. And I was like, score. <laughs> um, and then as far as our cake, because who doesn't love cake? We did that banana cake with chocolate chips with that salted caramel mousse filling with fresh banana. And that was picked even in our OG pre-pandemic cake. But I will say that we did go from that Disneyland churro flavor and we switched it out for cotton candy. And I'll tell you that anyone who was like, I'm not sure about the cotton candy. Oh, my guests loved it. Absolutely loved it. They were like, I had no idea. We thought it was going to taste super artificial, very sweet, but it was definitely a crowd pleaser. Oh, that's so great to hear. So can you give my listeners a timeline of how the day ran? I slept in a tad. I got up probably around eight. I know there are some brides out there that got up a lot earlier. And I actually stayed at my mother-in-law's because that's where I was the most comfortable. However, I did rent out a Disneyland hotel room for the day before my wedding, the day of and the day after. And so what we did was we actually decorated the hotel room so it was ready to go for all the getting ready photos. So we did that the day before. And I don't know if you remember, but in Anaheim, there was a high wind advisory warning for literally the day before my wedding and the day of, and the power went out in LA County. And my, that was actually where my parents live and their house was out of power. And so my mom woke up really early, I think with her cell phone um, alarm and she drove down. Thankfully I had the hotel room and that's where she got ready. And so she was already there, but by 1230, you know, the photographer, you know, came in, Jenna, she was wonderful. She took all the detail shots. Well, hair and makeup came, I believe, around 9, 10 a.m., getting the girls done. I was last. By 1.30, hair and makeup was complete, and we started all the fun, you know, photos with champagne. We had pineapple mimosas, the fun groom pictures. I actually did a funny photo with the guys. Well, not me personally, but I thought it would be a fun idea to do a confetti photo. So the girls, me and the girls did confetti photos as you normally see, but I actually had the boys do their own set of confetti photos, kind of making fun of us girls. So I can't <laughs> wait to see those photos. And I will tell you that confetti was super magnetized. You could see it all around the Disneyland hotel, outside, inside. We tracked it on our shoes. I apologize for whoever had to clean that up. But I mean, you could see it everywhere. And in some of my wedding photos, you can see it on the bottom of my shoes, the confetti from our getting ready photos. So by three o'clock, that's when we did our first look. And I highly recommended that because we were all about the food. We wanted as much photos done as possible before we ate to give us the most time to eat. 
So that was a priority for us. And then at four o'clock, it's hard not to cry about this. Um, my dad had a first look with the Cinderella coach. And that was actually an upgraded moment and memory for us because we couldn't afford the Cinderella coach or the crystal coach, excuse me. We had kind of the standard gorgeous coach and it was going to be white. But during the course of the pandemic, we were saving money. And that was something we were able to afford. My dad, my family has no idea the magic Disney can do. So I arranged for two years, nobody say anything. My vendors for the rehearsal don't say anything to my family about the crystal coach. So my dad, he has his hands over his eyes. And when he lifted them, his, he just started crying. And he, he was so excited because I, he was able to see that I got my dream wedding after all this time. And, you know, if anyone is just hesitant on a Disney wedding, I say, go for it. Check it out. Because that memory was worth the, the two, two and a half year postponement, just having that moment with my dad. And of course, we had the crystal coach and none of my guests knew. So I have some videos of my guests. So as my dad and I are approaching in the crystal coach, just everyone going, oh, my gosh, this is unreal. This is magical. This is a fairy tale because no one knew that I was going to come up in that crystal coach. And it was truly super magical. My ceremony started at 4.30. Of course, cocktail hour uh, followed and I believe at six o'clock is when that reception door opened. And we started uh, with the first dance, father-daughter dance. And of course, we started eating after that. And I'll have to say, Disneyland has this fabulous tomato soup with bits of grilled cheese in it. I think that was everyone's favorite thing I, I had served at the wedding. Everyone raved about tomato soup. But as a bride, I was wearing white. So I actually had bride and groom bibs made just to make sure I would not spill on myself. So all you guys out there, you can actually get those made, go on Etsy, make them yourself, get the, get the bibs. I almost wore a poncho because I was so nervous. And I actually <laughs> removed red wine from the cocktail bar because I heard the horror stories of people coming up and spilling on your dress. And I waited far too long for that to happen. And I actually extended my reception one hour. So instead of ending at 10, it ended at 11. And I kind of wish I extended it one additional hour just, you know, and then have all my um, vendors leave at 11, just so I could be there from 11 to 12, just to chat with people, just to kind of have that extra hour of, you know, hey, it's closing time, but let's chat, let's pick up the late night snacks, the Mickey pretzels, because once it hit 11, we had realized we really didn't eat any of the late night snacks because so many people were trying to take pictures of us with their iPhones and, you know, all sorts of stuff. So I highly recommend extending one, one hour, two hours, whatever you want as a couple, because if this is your night that you've been waiting for. <laughs> That's great advice. So when you were planning, what were some of the most important aspects of your event where you focused your attention or your budget? Oh, definitely budget. I highly recommend photography. Photography and videography were the top two things. And part of that was because with my parents, when they got married, you know, all those years ago, <laughs> um, their photographer lost the, like 80% of their photos because there was a <gasps> fire. And keep in mind, this is before iPhones. I mean, I think my parents have been married 35 years, something like that. So to me, photography was super important. So I invested in Jenna with White Rabbit Photography. And I really loved just gorgeous videography of just different couples you see on Instagram, of course. So I went with Dan with Plugin. And so those were the top two. 
as my wedding date uh, for March 29th got closer, we of course hired my husband's best friend to be our DJ. And it just, I was like, you know what? This is a Disney wedding. We need, we need a professional. So I, we actually invested in Jamie and her husband, Randy from party on the edge um, who were fabulous. And that included in their package, like a little photo montage up lighting. It was kind of like the whole shebang kind of package, which, which was an investment as well. Um, but I would say photography and videography, and of course your DJ were super important. And then were there any aspects that were less important where you saved your money or just your effort? Of course, party favors. We did not do party favors. I mean, our what we did for our guests was just a lot of late night snacks and no one seemed to notice the party favors. Um, another thing was the debate about alcohol. What do we do? Open bar, cash bar. Actually, a lot of my guests, because a lot it was so small, a lot of the people were saying, save your money, save your money, just do a cash bar. So what we did was we actually did signature cocktails. And my husband, um, he worked at a paper company in Anaheim. So he knew how to make drink tickets and whatnot. So it was good for one complimentary signature cocktail. And we had a Moscow Mickey, which is like a Moscow mule. And the other was called the glass slipper, uh, which is what, you know, I just a kind of cocktail uh, we created that was super yummy with rum. And then if guests wanted more, they could pay for it. So it was actually really nice because not many people that we invited were big drinkers. And I feel like it really helped keep it a very classy evening. Got it. Okay. So out of all of this, what ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? One of my favorite memories was I actually decided to give a bridal speech. So it was after all the speeches were finished, um, I took the mic from my dad because he had ended it. And I kind of took a moment, I looked around the room, had a deep breath, and I just thought to myself, when is there going to be another time that all the people I love are going to be in the same room? Let me try and freeze time for just one moment. And I think that I tried to do that multiple times through the evening. But I just kind of addressed a lot of things that were on my heart through the pandemic. And I kind of talked about how what I have learned through the pandemic is that there were two types of couples that came out of it. The first couple that says, we're not letting COVID stop us from getting married. We're going to the courthouse and we're going to celebrate later. And then there's the other couple that says, we're not letting COVID stop us from having our dream wedding. And they wait. And my husband and I waited. And I addressed that with my guests to just show them because I can't tell you throughout the two years how many times people said, just go to the courthouse. You guys have been together. We'll actually be together seven years this year. So, I mean, we've been together a while. Um, when we got engaged, we we were, I mean, going on almost five years as a couple. So why aren't we just going? But my dream was to get married on Disney property, sign the certificate at Disneyland. And there's no wrong way of of getting married, whether it's going to the courthouse and celebrating on, you know, at Disney later or doing what I did and just, I held on. Um, but I wanted to address that with my guests. And that was something I was holding on to for a very long time that no one really knows unless they've been to a Disney wedding, how magical they are. So I felt that having my guests, my parents there seeing the magic unfold, it really, connected with them, why we waited, why we postponed, why we had seven dates. And they understood after that. That's amazing. Now, did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? 
Well, it's, it's kind of funny because if you ask my guests, it was a perfect day. However, from my bride's standpoint and having two years to plan this, I actually noticed in my photos, there were a few things that I, I just kind of nitpick. The first thing was my bustle wasn't done properly. It wasn't kind of flattened out. So I have like the backside of my dress is kind of pointed. Now, as a guest, you might not notice this, but as a bride, you know, seeing how your seamstress did the bustle where it's practically perfect, that was really bothersome. Also, we forgot my veil at one point. So my girls just kind of threw it in my hair and they put it in over my bridal comb and it was supposed to be underneath my bridal comb. So that bothered me a lot. So of course, these are things that could be controlled that were just kind of left up in the air. Yes, I had my veil. Yes, I loved my wedding. But these were things I could control and I waited so long. And because I waited so long, it was like a hard blow because I wasn't perfect, if that makes sense. It's like you wait so long to be this gorgeous Cinderella bride and something you could control. Like I dropped the ball somewhere. I should have paid more attention. I should have done this, which is why we're doing a castle shoot. That's one of the reasons we will be doing that later. So I can get all princessy again and get even more photos. Got it. Okay. Now, was there anything that seemed like a big deal beforehand or you were worried about, and then it turned out not to be a big deal? Oh, wow. So if you were in the Anaheim area, you know, a week before my wedding, there was a tsunami warning. When do we get a tsunami warning in Southern California? So a week before my wedding, tsunami warning, two days before my wedding, high wind advisories. During my wedding rehearsal, oh, the wind was insane. I was freaking out. I had um, my maid of honor sending me pictures of of brides with like the wind in their hair telling me that models love the wind in their hair when, <laughs> you know, they're modeling wedding dresses, everything will be okay. And I just kind of had to put my hands up. And I just said, you know, I made it this far. It is what it is in, in an essence. And the day of my wedding, somehow it was like 73 degrees in January, because one of my fears was being super cold, you know, being in January, and it was perfect. The The wind was barely even there. I was worried about what if, you know, after all this time, we can't have the crystal coach because of the wind. What about the flowers because of the wind? It was perfect. It was so perfect. And I would have never believed it. And of course, you know, the losing of the power too, for a lot of my guests, because I think 99% of them were coming from, you know, that LA County, Orange County area. So half of them had lost power. Um, but again, I was fine. I mean, I was in the Disneyland hotel getting ready. So I was very, very blessed. And I mean, you can't control the weather. You just have to kind of go with the flow with it. And after all the postponements, I still didn't believe it was going to happen. And I woke up and I said, well, Disney hasn't canceled it yet. So let's just go like it's going to happen. And it did. That's awesome. Is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? Oh, 100%. And I'm sure most people say that. The number one thing that comes to mind is I would not have a bridal party at all. So I have an OG. So my original girls, um, we're actually no longer friends anymore. My maid of honor after my bridal shower in February of 2020 completely ghosted me just stopped talking to me. I couldn't get a hold of her till about June or July of 2020. So I thought she had COVID. I was freaking out. Turns out she just really didn't want to talk to me, I guess. I really don't know what went on there. So we've separated. 
Um, my bridesmaid just kind of went on with her life during COVID and didn't reach out to me at all. So I just took that as in, well, you know, we're just, you know, going in different directions. And I was very blessed to meet two uh, new girls throughout this process of the pandemic. And I asked them to be my uh, bridesmaids. And I actually bought my maid of honor her dress as a thank you. And then my bridesmaid, I contributed by paying for her hair and makeup. So I kind of had them pick, you know, as a thank you for kind of stepping in last minute. How can I show you my appreciation? And, you know, they each kind of picked their own thing. And that's how I contributed to show them how grateful I was. Um, because if I didn't have two girls, my two girls, my husband wouldn't be able to have his best friend and then my brother as a uh, groomsman. So it all worked out. And I'll tell you my original girls, I had been friends with them for 10 plus years. I feel like this pandemic really showed, you know, people's true colors. I mean, you got to learn a, a lot about yourself. You know, of course, I went through a lot. Um, and I did go through therapy. That was very, very helpful to just help me deal with the postponements. And I can't speak as highly enough about therapy as possible. But, you know, of course, just having the the two new friends was amazing. And of course, one of them I actually met through a Disneyland bride page. And I think you know her, Michelle Gaspar. Um, oh, she's the, the serial bride. She actually became one of my best friends. And she was actually a guest at my wedding. And we became very close because, of course, she was supposed to have her vow renewal. And so we really bonded over the postponement aspect of, of our wedding. So, you know, whether it's someone you met in person or met through the internet, I mean, having one or two close friends uh, is super important. But as far as the wedding is concerned, I think for me, just having me and my husband and not necessarily having the bridal party would have, would have saved a lot of drama, a lot of money. And in all honesty, during the ceremony, I didn't even have the bridal party stand up with us. I had them sit in the first row because I really wanted the focus to be on me and my husband, not our friends. Also, <laughs> advice, we did a 21 and over wedding to save money. No kids, no plus ones. That actually saved us a lot of money. So I'll throw that in there as well. Don't be afraid to do 21 and over. Don't be afraid not to have kids for your wedding. Not 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 for life goals, just for, for the wedding. <laughs> so do you have any other tips or advice for future Disneyland couples? I would say discussing budget ahead of time because, you know, when my fiance and I were looking at a Disney wedding, I didn't want to go. I'm not a window shopper. If I can't afford something, I don't want to be tempted with it. But he did. So we went and it was all for the best because somehow we did it. And I think our relationship is stronger because we lasted through the pandemic as well. Um, but one talking about budget and then, of course, communication and just, you know, having that support system. And don't be overwhelmed by all the magic Disney can provide because um, I know you can tend to get lost in it. You get lost in the, the banquet event orders or how much this is per person. Sometimes you need to take a step back and be like, wow, I'm getting married at the happiest place on earth and just kind of take that moment because that's one thing I wasn't able to do after the pandemic because I was in such disbelief. I, it was so hard for me to get excited again. And it wasn't until I kind of had my hair trial again or my rehearsal that I really started to maybe believe it was happening, but you know, just be on the same page as you and your significant other and just have fun and, and make it about yourselves because life is too short to plan it for other people. <laughs> well, Kimberly, I think you've offered a lot of great tips and advice for anyone who's interested in planning a wedding at the Disneyland Resort. And I appreciate your taking the time. 
Of course, thank you for having me and letting me share my story as being one of the many postponed brides of 2020. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. Past shows and tons of photos for each episode are available on my website, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com, or listen in your favorite podcast app. And for instant answers to all your Walt Disney World wedding questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at FairyTaleWeddingsGuide.com.